You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your sassy source for lifestyle advice, wellness tips, and pop culture dish. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and holistic hustler here to help you get your shit together and laugh throughout the chaos of life in your 20s. If you're not doing so already, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. And don't forget to follow our show account at No Filter with Zach for all the latest uh, reality TV tea. I'm excited. I haven't said this little intro in a few in a couple weeks. It's good to be back. Um, there has been a lot going on in the world in general, and especially in the reality TV world, which is why we're going to be breaking it down today. Because um, my guest, she's been on this show before. She's super savvy when it comes to all things Bravo, and I know she's got a lot to say, as she always does when we get together. Um, and I trust her to hold me accountable. She keeps it real with me, and she. She checks me when I need it. So I'm excited to welcome back Miss Chelsea Stark Jones. Hi, I'm so excited to be back. This is going to be a, a much needed discussion yes. and a very also kind of fun too. So we're going to have fun. You know me, I like to tackle all of the heavy topics and make sure we can get through it and laugh through it and learn from it and grow from it. And yes. that's what we're about to do. Um, but first, how are you doing? How is quarantine life? I mean, we haven't talked since the, or we haven't been on this show. We've talked, but you haven't been on this show since the beginning of quarantine. Yeah. Um, quarantine life is okay. <laughs> um, I think, you know, the first two months of quarantine, I was with my mom and my dad and my brother. So that was nice. You know, got to work out, got to swim. And now I'm back in my apartment, which I love with my boyfriend who's back in town. And, um, you know, he is on the go. We've done two road trips since he's been back and he's camping right now on a boys trip. So he can't sit still. I can. So <laughs> it's been fun. It's been interesting the last couple of weeks, but things are kind of getting back to normal. And so it, it, that's nice. Okay, what do you think about things getting back to normal? Because I know a lot of people, I'm seeing a lot of people on social media right now, because like, obviously, in the past two weeks, or since the this since we've released any episodes, um, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement has really come to the forefront as you know, as as needed after the murder of George Floyd. And so that's been, you know, a big, um, a big topic on social media that everybody's been talking about. And so now, you know, people are kind of, the feeds are kind of starting to be a little less, um, uh, there's less advocacy in the feeds and people are kind of starting to get back to their normal posting. How does that make you feel? Because um, I feel like people have mixed feelings, whether, you know, it's appropriate to start posting regular stuff again. And some people are kind of upset about that. Um, Honestly, it doesn't, trigger me at all um some people yes because it feels like they've been toned deaf throughout this whole experience mm -hmm. um the last several weeks um but others like as long as you're still doing the work off instagram you know post what you want like and i think yeah. people have that common misconception like you know just because celebrities aren't speaking out doesn't mean that they haven't been donating or that they haven't been fighting for this cause for prior to this or just right. because you know i posted a picture at the gym yesterday doesn't mean that i'm not you know paying attention to what's going on and contributing in the ways that i can so i think people kind of need to be you know just cognizant of the fact that yeah social media is a wonderful tool and it's great to get the word out and spread awareness and whatnot but that's not all it's used for 
And, you know, it's just like when you look at someone on Instagram and you see them like having this seemingly perfect life, but yeah. you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. It's the same thing with, you know, just because someone's posting a picture at the beach or shopping or, you know, going out doesn't mean that they're not, you know, contributing in any other ways. You right. just, you're just not seeing it. So, um, like, yeah, it doesn't bother me too much. And I, and I think the movement, it's really weird, you know, these murders of black men by police, these police brutalities, you know, instances of racism has been, have been going on for a while. We've been doing these marches and rallies yeah. almost, you know, every time, you know, a cop doesn't get convicted or this happens and whatnot. And this feels so much more different than any other um, protest or rally or movement that we've had in the past. Um, I don't know if it is because I, I kind of, I think it is because we're quarantined and people's yeah. attention and focus is on it right now. And, you know, so it doesn't bother me that I'm starting to see people going back to their normal lives. Um, because I do really feel like the traction is still, it's still trending, you know, and there's still people going out and protesting in large numbers across the country. So it's not, it's not going away, you know? So. Yeah. And I think I know for myself is for me, it's like, I need to hold myself accountable, not just right now where everybody's talking about it or posting about it on social media, but like I need to make sure that I'm supporting black owned businesses just in general. And I'm, you know, continuing to educate myself and, and have difficult conversations with people that doesn't necessarily have to be on social media. Like I know for me as a podcaster, I have a responsibility to um, just kind of be a better ally to people of color. I am a person of color. It's not something that I've, you know, even pushed heavily on my own shows, which is something that we discussed a couple weeks ago. Um, Mm-hmm. And how I was even like, well, that's kind of embarrassing for me. Like, I didn't even post much about like gay rights. Like to me, I was just like, oh, well, the fact that I just openly talk about my dating life, like that should be enough. But it's like, you know, there are mm-hmm. ways that I've even recognized that I can be better. And that's really where the work starts is off of social media. Like it's easy for somebody to post yeah. a black square on their feed because it's the trend right now. But like, what are you really doing behind the scenes? And are you yeah. continuing to educate yourself? Are you continuing to have conversations that push the narrative forward? Are you trying to deconstruct a lot of the old conditioning that we've had, you know, through our own um, education system, through the media, through, you know, all of these um, uh, influences that we've had throughout our lifespan that we didn't even realize? Like, for me, it's taken years to deconstruct the conditioning that I had in my brain from the way that I was raised. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, mm-hmm. the work continues on and it's it's just it's more than just a social media week. Yeah, for sure. And like even, you know, some of the podcasts that I listen to, um, they're mostly white women hosted and it, you know, they posted and I was, you know, I was very happy to see it. Um, people posting and talking about it, but it's also in like, you know, the elevate melanated voices and stuff like that. You don't just elevate them for a week. Like we need it. We need you to have more people of color you need to interview more people of color. You need to talk to more people of color on your shows and on your platforms continuously. And it, and it does help when you diversify your, who, who your subjects are that you speak to, because most of these podcasts, like I'm, I'm the outlier. There's not a lot of black women listening to, you know, the morning toast or Taylor Strucker show and whatnot. So it's like when you have, um, 
people of color, you're reaching a broader audience that are, you know, more, more, you know, non-black audience. And that's allowing them to organically, um, you know, get other insights, if that makes sense. Like it's, and it's not, and it doesn't have, it, it really doesn't have to be something that's pushed upon, you know, people. It's like black culture is something that is so prevalent in American culture. Black culture is American culture and it's, you know, appropriated in so many different ways and taken in so many different ways that I don't think a lot of people are, are even realized. So it's, it's, you know, you're not even having people, the voices of this culture speaking to, to the audiences essentially. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, um, I, I hope, and I do think that it's going to last past this quarantine movement and whatnot. I agree. So let's talk about, um, first I want to get your opinion on, did you see the hashtag I stand with you video that a lot of celebs kind of did on, I think it was Twitter. What was your thought about that? Um, okay. So honestly, when it first came out, what was it like last week or something like that? Um, I saw the headline and I was like, I don't even want to watch it. Um, and then this morning, because I knew we were going to be talking about it, I was like, okay, let me watch, let me read up on it. And it doesn't bother me per se. Okay. Like it was, it was produced by the NAACP. So, you know, it wasn't just like a bunch of white entertainers that got together. Like it was produced by a black organization. Um, the thing that like, as I watched it, I was like, this is so Hollywood. I was like, this feels like a self tape. Like they're auditioning, like they got a monologue and they're like auditioning for a role. Like it just didn't feel genuine. Like that's what bothers me about it where it's like, like, okay, I get it's written. You know, you you guys want to stay on message, but like Aaron Paul, like the dramatics of it. I was like, this does not feel like they're good actors. Like they could have pulled it off if they really wanted to. Yeah. It wasn't, so that's what, that's what bothered me the most about the messaging. Like, yeah, they should be taking accountability for, for it. Um, what they're saying is right. And hopefully, you know, it reaches the masses, but it really did just feel like a show. Like I, I was like, if you're like accountability comes from doing it, it's like when influencers are like, I want to be authentic. And then they post on their Instagram feed and they're like, hashtag authenticity. And it's like, no, that's not fucking authentic. Like it's curated. And I think that's what it it, like with right now, like accountability comes behind closed doors. When you hold yourself Mm -hmm. accountable, when you hold the people in your lives accountable, um, it's not necessarily a video that you post on Twitter and hashtag that you're taking accountability. Yeah. And it comes with time. Like people need to realize like this isn't going to be something like we live in such a culture where it's like instant gratification all the time. Like Mm -hmm. this isn't going to change overnight. Like, you know, these habits are going to take a while to break. Um, It's going to take a while to get through to certain people and it's going to take time. So like, I appreciate you saying like, you're going to be more accountable, but like people also need to realize like, just because you said it doesn't mean that it's instantly going to happen. And, you know, even going back, to like some of the comments that I was reading, like people being outraged was that, you know, like, thanks for the video, but what are you really doing yeah. type of a thing? And like, I think that, you know, 
the video is nice. It's a nice like sentiment, but yeah, what actions are you actually taking? I mean, you know, so I'm not black, but when I saw that, I was like, this just looks like a bunch of white people making it about themselves. And like, look, I yes. and like, I get it. I made it about myself a couple of times over the past couple of weeks. Like, I'm learning. I'm flawed. I'm, you know, and accountability and change is going to come with you know, its own stumbling blocks. You know what I mean? It's not going to be easy. We're not going to be woke and perfect tomorrow. I think accountability is just the willingness to want to change and then showing up every day and doing the work to change or to be better. Yeah, exactly. It's just to be better. And yeah, I, it, it, it it is, you know, them making it about themselves. It it is a moment for you to just be quiet and listen and, you know, do the accountability behind closed doors, as you said. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was a little bit too dramatic for, for my liking. Yeah. But you know, a lot of the white actors and the um, entertainers in that video, you know, they posted on their Twitter and that could reach a lot of non-black people um, that, you know, respect them. And so it may resonate with them in a different way, you know? So it, it has its pros and cons, but it's also, you know, a thing where, like no one asked for this. Yeah. So just, kind of take a seat and like yeah. it, I don't know. It, it, it's funny like I hear a lot of people talking about it with celebrity right now it's like we're in quarantine they're not having their movie premieres yeah. they're not, they're not out their doing their like signings and stuff they're not having their moment so anytime they can make it about themselves they do and it's just like this is this is this is not it you know yeah. <laughs> so they're missing that spotlight so let's talk about Bravo, because a lot has happened with Bravo over the past couple of weeks as well. What are your thoughts just on the network in general before we get into the Stasi and the Vanderpump and the Nini and all of the individual yeah. pieces of it? Um, Gosh, the network in general. So I know that NBC Universal is, which is owns Bravo, um, is uh, donating, like, I think, $100 million to black organizations over the span of the next several years, which, you know, is great. Um, But, you know, I see a lot of organizations just kind of throwing money at the problem and not really making real changes. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and whether that be, you know, hiring more black executives, um, promoting more um, black employees or uh, or just uh, minority employees within your company, I'd like to see and hear about that more so than I care about you, you know, putting money towards something, which is, yes, thank you for putting money towards the cause. Like that's a lot of money, Mm -hmm. but what are you doing within the culture of your own company that is actually also going to make a change? I'm not sure if they have said that or if they are going to do anything like that. You know, Bravo is such a unique and it feels diverse um, company. It's a very, you know, pro-LGBT network with Andy Cohen and stuff like that. So it's just like, I kind of expected a little bit more from them. Um, And I know we're going to get into the bones of of VTR and and whatnot, but they have made so many mistakes when it comes to race and even with uh, the LGBT community that them not even acknowledging it in this time is very frustrating because I think that's one of the first steps with people understanding this movement and understanding how they can be better is acknowledging that they were wrong in the past and bringing it to light and saying why you were wrong and then saying how you're going to do better. Not just like, Oh, 
here's money. Like, you know, it's just pretending like you were perfect all along. And sweeping it under the rug. Sweeping the, yeah. the past uh. under the rug. Like, for me, watching Bravos make their moves over the past couple of weeks has felt more of, like, it's felt like they are trying to save face more than they mm-hmm. are trying to actually be a part of the solution. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I think, like you said, there were many instances, or I think one of the, um, the so after the Vanderpump Rules cast firings were announced with Kristen, Stassi, Max, and Brett, it was um, mm-hmm. Candace Dillard who came out and she's like, this is great that you're doing this, but like you need to let us know why you're they're actually being let go and why you didn't yep. act on this sooner. What did you yep. think when you heard the Vanderpump Rules firings? Um, I thought, like you said, this was them saving face. Yep. Um, first, with Brett and Max, they should have been fired at the beginning of the season when their tweets first resurfaced. Um, and they should have had a limited role this season. They could have re-edited it. Mm-hmm. I know it would have cost money, but they could have done it. Um, taken them out. I know it's the first couple of episodes. They were limited um, with their confessionals and whatnot. Um, I don't know if it was because of their tweets or what, but they did not need to be at the reunion. They did. They needed to be fired a long time ago, in my opinion. Um, so with the Stassi and Kristen thing, I only feel like Bravo fired them because Stassi lost all of her endorsements yeah. and deals and stuff like that and her agency and her PR firm. Not because they thought what she did was wrong, which what she did was wrong and Kristen, what they did was wrong. But I don't think they fired them because of just to save their own asses. Um, and yeah, their statement was, you know, complete BS. Yeah. Not saying why you're letting them go, just saying that you're letting them go. Okay, but why? What did they do? Is, did but, they, you know, are they not aligning with your moral standards? Like, what is it that you don't want them on your network anymore? And you need to be very transparent about that. They didn't make a statement. It was what Variety that reached out to them for comment. And it was in their response to Variety saying that neither of the four cast members will be part of the show moving forward. And it was once yeah. that broke that they then decided afterwards to make their own statement on Instagram. Yeah. So it was just like, it it very much felt like they were saving their own asses. And it was very disappointing. Um, I don't agree with what Kristen and Saucy did. I think it was really, you know, on a basic level, it was petty. On a deeper level, it was, you know, it's problematic um, and irresponsible. Um, But there's so much more that bravo needs to be focusing on if they're serious about you know not tolerating racial injustices then they have a lot more cleaning house to do and that's even on the vpr cast yeah um and which like i just don't understand how jack Taylor has been on television for what eight nine years now yeah and he has been so unscathed mm-hmm. by controversy it's insane to me and i was telling this to my mom yesterday i was like you know what none of this probably would have happened if jack didn't sleep with faith like he is the catalyst to all of this and he is still a cast member of vanderpump rules you know what i mean and he he also made similar claims about faith on twitter that kristen and stassi did so it's like why is he like sitting pretty 
um, still able to have his show beyond, or like he calls it his show, but yeah. beyond the show, um, it's a, it's, it's ridiculous to me. And he, and not just, you know, the safe stuff, but the things that he said about mental health this season, the things that he said about the bisexual community, um, when addressing, um, Ariana this season, it's just so, he is so problematic. Yes. And I think he has a history of being problematic. I want to really quickly go back to Brett and Max because I do have a question yeah. for you, which is a question that I that I have. And that's mm-hmm. because we see that the issue with Brett and Max is that their tweets were from many, many years ago. So my question mm-hmm. is, like, at what point do we... I don't want to say give them a pass, but like at what point is there an apology that we then can have some sort of movement and growth going forward? Um, cause like, I okay, mean, cause so I, cause I understand it, but like my thing as well as it's like, but I would hope that like something you tweeted 10 years ago doesn't just ruin your life for the rest of your life. Like I would hope that there would be yeah. some sort of accountability and growth and opportunity to kind of learn from that experience. Um, I agree. So like, even with, you know, if you remember the Kevin Hart tweets that resurfaced years ago, um, and and it's like, yeah, you, you think people progress over a span of 10 years. You would hope so that your, your viewpoints have changed. Who you are has changed. Um, as far as the Max and Brett thing goes, I don't even really remember their initial apology when those tweets resurfaced. Um, I don't think it was good enough. Um, and I don't think their apology at the reunion was good enough. Um, I think that to me is, is where you first really can make a step towards forgiveness is when you have a really strong, heartfelt, meaningful apology. Um, and I didn't get that from Brett or Max. Um, you know, watching the reunion and when they addressed it, Brett Max's was a little bit better. Brett's was kind of like, I just, I don't know. Like they're part of, part of it. I should be a little bit honest. I just don't care for them in general. Yeah. Like I did not think they were good additions to the show. Um, so like part of it is like, okay, whatever good they're gone. But as far as like cancel culture, which I think we have a really bad issue with it in society right now is just canceling someone because they said or did something wrong in their past a few years ago. Yes, it and this goes for Kristen and Sassy too. Yes, what they did was wrong. You know, theirs was more recent, but what Brex and Max did and tweeted was wrong. If they give us an apology that's genuine and from the heart and we could only judge them from their actions moving forward. So, you know, they should have lost their place on the show for many reasons, not just because of the racist tweets that they did. They just weren't good for TV. Um, but I think what we need to do as a society and, and, you know, it's just, it's such a difficult thing is, you know, Twitter, social media is just this echo chamber of, you know, like one person says something bad and just like it piles up on it. It's just really, not it's not a good place to be in so it's it's hard to i feel move forward with things because so many people just get on you about it so when it comes to something like that you just have to you know give a really good apology and then also just we could only judge you from your actions moving forward you know 
And I think Bravo should have, because they did, they tweeted or posted like on Instagram, like an apology. But again, these apologies feel very stale because they're Mm -hmm. definitely well thought out, which they should be well thought out. But like, I think there needs to be more sincerity in it. I think there should probably be like a, you know, a Kathy Griffin, when she apologized for the Donald Trump photo, she did it in a video. She didn't have makeup on, like she did a very raw apology um which Mm -hmm. i think comes across a little more like there's more remorse and there's more um vulnerability in it and i also think the network needs to get in and apologize too and be like look we should have vetted this uh, ahead of time we didn't Mm -hmm. we want to take accountability for this as well and know that we don't endorse these actions we've discussed it with these guys and you know whatever their decision is, is their decision at the end of the day, which ultimately speaks to, you know, how they're really being a part of the solution or not. But like, I think the network needs to get in on these things as well and not just force these stars to have their Bravo publicist write something for them that they post on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, even, you know, at the reunion when Lisa was like, if I fired everyone, if I fired all of you for a mistake you made in the past, I wouldn't have any employees or whatever. But it's just like, well, what? standard are you holding your employees to you know it's like that's not you saw these tweets you saw that it wasn't okay but you were okay with having him work in your restaurant anyways you were okay with having him you know be on your show um anyways so it's just like i don't i don't understand I, i i don't understand bravo in a sense of what they're really trying to do i don't understand lvp and her apology was, you know, a bunch of nothing too, um, or not even apology for statement. Um, yeah, I think Bravo has a lot more work to do, and I'm I'm curious. Is it feels like they don't even realize it. The heart, I agree, and and even the way Andy Cohen, even the way it was addressed at the reunion, is it looked like Andy wasn't prepared to talk about it, and it wasn't in the talking oh, yeah. points unless Jax had brought it up, and then once he did, he's like, "Well, I guess we have to get into it now." You know, yeah, exactly. It wasn't even. It wasn't. It, it wasn't was even something like, they were oh, looking. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, yeah, <laughs> at the, yeah, yeah. When we get to like the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion, what Nene and Wendy Williams' relationship was brought on, and she was like, "This has nothing yeah. to do with the show. This is scandal that." happened outside of the show why are we talking about it at the reunion and yet here they are glossing over something with Max and Brett I think the bigger issue is the culture that Bravo has bred you know what I mean? Like, think about it. Bravo mm-hmm. isn't hiring people for their moral standards. Bravo de- yeah. hires people because they're going to bring drama. Look at one of their most glorified reality stars is Teresa Giudice. And she mm-hmm. is a convicted felon, as was her husband. She went to prison and straight out of prison, she had a book deal and a million dollar contract to return to Real Housewives of New Jersey. Her yep. whole legal battles were exploited on the show. Like this is reality TV culture. That's more of where the issue is. Like, yes, we can point fingers at Stassi and Kristen and Max and Brett and Taylor from MTV and all these people that they're firing and letting go. Like, yes, we can point the finger at them because they're wrong and we're making examples out of them right now. But at the same time, mm-hmm. like we have to look at the bigger issue and it's, it's the culture and, and what reality TV has allowed and what reality TV has opened the door for. And then at the, ta- the same time, time it's also like well I mean is it our fault as an audience because we encourage that by watching it like I feel like there's accountability that kind of you know it's waking all a lot of us up and we're seeing that it's a much bigger issue than Stasi's Stasi's Nazi chic outfit that she posted on Instagram stories. yeah yeah you know it's it's a very layered and complicated mm-hmm. discussion because yes 
I don't turn on Bravo to, you know, get my my daily dose of, of social issues and, and have a clear understanding. I don't look to these women as role models. Not right. all of them. You know, Portia Williams has been really doing the Lord's work out there in she Atlanta. Really I'm so proud of her and seeing how she's grown. Um, but that's an anomaly, you know, like I don't, I, I don't expect that of these people. Like, so even with what Kristen and Stassi has done with some of the past racist remarks on the, on the network, like it's kind of to be expected because of the shows that they're on, you yeah. know, it's, 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 you know, I, I think Bravo is the cream of the crop when it comes to reality TV, but it's still reality TV, yeah. you know, like you still want to see, you know, we see the best of people, but we also see the worst of people. So it's like, yes, I wasn't, it, I wouldn't be surprised if anyone else has some dirty stuff drudged up um, because it's just, it's, it's the platform that they're on, yeah, you know, but it's, got it's how of- they if we got rid of all of these reality stars that had a problematic history, Bravo would be nothing but Teddy Mellencamp. And like everyone hates Teddy because they think that she's boring. So it's like, we really have to look at like, I mean, we're part of the problem as well by, by continuing to support something like that. Cause even if you look at the housewives franchise, it's not a women empowerment franchise. Like it's gotten to a point where these women know that they have to fight with each other to create drama for the sake of a storyline, for the sake of a paycheck. And you put these women against each other. And that's more of the cream of the show more than it mm-hmm. is showing their businesses or showing their real genuine friendships. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's just, it's a much bigger, like you said, layered, complex issue that is going to take a while to find a solution to. Yeah, but I do think, like, like with them, with their firing, like, that's a big statement. And, you know, it feels very empty when you don't follow it up with an actual statement explaining why. Mm-hmm. And you don't follow it up with, we have been wrong in the past. Um, you know, like I was saying before, Luann dressing in blackface on Real Housewives of, of New York when she was dressing up as Diana Ross for Halloween. Um, not explaining why blackface is wrong. Not explaining, like, even if you use the tinted moisture or whatever, you darkened your skin to look like a black person. Like, and if you don't understand the history and the dangers of that, then you need to educate your viewers as to why that was an issue. Yeah. Like, I think Bethany was the only one that felt uncomfortable with it. Um, you know, Brandy Glanville, back when Joyce was on Real Housewives of Beverly yeah. Hills, you know, talking, she basically bullying Joyce the whole season, which was ridiculous, but saying a comment like, black people can't swim. Yeah. Um, it's just not okay, and it's problematic, and it's it's... The, the fact that this is on your network, this isn't something that they tweeted or that they did, you know, TMZ caught or whatever. Like, they are doing this on your network, and you're not even addressing the issues with it and why it's wrong to say. Um, you know, freaking Leanne Locken, you know, last season with her, her uh, Carrie Brittingham, the Mexican comments that she made, which was so disgusting and vile, it was so hard to watch. Yeah, and you know they really went went at her at the reunion, but allowing her to walk away from the show and not firing her, and saying we are firing her because she does not align with the morals and the standards that Bravo, um, you know, tries to spread. 
spread every day. Like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's unacceptable. And like, I feel like when you fire some, you know, staples of a show like Stacey and Kristen who, who started Vanderpump Rules, you kind of open a Pandora's box to really look inside and see who else you could be letting go from your network yeah. that don't align with your beliefs. And, you know, who knows, maybe they're doing that right now, yeah. but I, I would expect it to be a little bit more swift, yeah. you know, like, I don't know. Like, that's why they're firing just doesn't really feel genuine. Yeah. I um, think... Because if it were, they would, they would look deeper into other issues. I think for me, and you can disagree, and if you do, I hope you, um, you know, are willing to, to, to disagree. But I think I, for me, it's easy to fire them and just get rid of them and pretend the problem wasn't there. When I think one of the reasons we continue to watch these shows, yes, a lot of their behavior, you know, isn't very women empowerment or, you know, some of them, you know, aren't, they're not nice to each other. They manufacture drama. That's what we watch these shows for. Um, but I think for me, if I were to see, seeing them fall and really kind of have a fall from grace, I think we need to find a fine balance of not continuing to reward them for bad behavior by continuing to have them have a full-time paycheck on these shows. But I think Mm -hmm. that Bravo has an opportunity and a responsibility to use these moments as teaching moments, not just for the individual that slipped up or had had some sort of um, said something or, you know, was racist or problematic in any type of way. But I think they have a responsibility to use that as a teachable moment for the viewers as well, and maybe even address that on some of the shows. I mean, they kind of did with Leanne, but I mean, it was only, they didn't really address it enough to make it a teachable moment for the viewers. Cause like if Mm -hmm. they were to somehow um, have this play out on television to where we see them, the stars have this fall from grace and kind of have to figure out how to grow from that. I think like I, one of the reasons we continue to watch Teresa Judice every single season on Real Housewives of New Jersey is because we see her rise and fall and we kind of go through that journey with her and we learn and we we hurt and we heal as she does with each season of the show. You know what I mean? That I feel like there has to be a better way that Bravo can address these things with, while also educating their audience. Yeah, I see. I it, It's weird because it, I, I agree, but I disagree. And it's like you said, you don't want to reward them for bad behavior. Like, mm-hmm. had they kept Kristen and Stassi on, they still would have been receiving a paycheck. They still would have, you know, had their weekly publicity on a TV show yeah. um, and whatnot. But at the same time, it's, you know, I felt I felt Stassi's apology was heartfelt. I felt it should have been said instead of written. Yeah. Um, same with Kristen. Um, but they apologized. And hopefully they also apologize to Faith, who is the real victim in all of this. Um, but it is, yeah, now how are they going to act moving forward? You know, do we do we want to see that? Do we care to see that? If we do see it, will we think it's genuine or will we think it's for show? Yeah. Um, so that's something that's interesting to me. But also, yes, Bravo does need to do a better job at explaining and and you know whether that be on a Watch What Happens Live episode, like an interview, a sit-down, I don't even know what what it is but it's like explaining why these things are problematic and why they can't support it they need to do a better job of um 
yeah, it's the, the, there's there's just felt like I, I I don't know like yeah, Brandy Redman. You know, I don't know if you saw her her video making fun of oh, Asian yeah. woman, like stuff like that. And it's just like and she had the audacity to be on such a high horse with Leanne during the reunion. And it's just like come on, like the hypocrisy here, you know. And it's like yes, we don't look at these women to to you know guide our moral compass, but. I, it, it, it's just it's so complex and it's so sticky and it's like yes things are you know can be black and white right and wrong um no gray areas but i mean they could even do know. it they could even do it where like yes we got rid of stassi and Kristen because we don't condone their behavior but like with the remaining cast maybe we address it on the show and like have them have a very real raw reaction and then try to grow from that and have a conversation about it and why that was wrong and why they needed to because ha- like at the end of the day like there are going to be consequences to your actions and you need to be bravo needs to be holding them to a higher standard and actually reprimanding them and and taking away their paycheck, I think is a really good opportunity to do that. And like, but my thing as well is it's like, I wouldn't mind seeing them come back in two seasons if the show is still around, if they've done the work over that past two years and really proved that they had grown from that, then I think everybody loves that redemption and that comeback story. Yeah. And I think everyone is owed that, you know, if yeah. you, if you truly look within and see what you did was wrong and you do things to better yourself you are owed that opportunity to prove that you have changed um you know i and it's you know i've said this to you and i've said this to a lot of my non-black friends it's like if you say or you do something wrong you acknowledging it and apologizing for it you know, whether it's just, even if it's just a conversation about race and, you, and you're afraid to speak up or whatever, I'd rather you say and do the wrong thing and be open to learning and understanding why it's wrong so that we can have a teachable moment and you can be better by it. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people are afraid to say and do things or things from their past that resurface because, you know, like I said, Everett, we're just in this like echo chamber of negativity and like they don't think that there will be any redemption from it. And I do think, you know, it just in life in general, you have to learn to forgive somebody when they when they seek forgiveness. Because um, I, I see situations like Roseanne Barr, where a couple of years ago she had the tweet that some that mm-hmm. she says wasn't racist, but it, the way it was received by most people was like it was racist. Um And I think, like, with her, she lost her show, she lost her job, and she was kind of just ostracized. And you even listen to interviews that she does now, and she's still so bitter about it to the point where I don't think Mm -hmm. she was able to grow from that experience. And her career is just, like, it's it's done at that point, at this point. And it's because there was no redemption, there was no, like, growth or learning. She didn't fully understand what was wrong with what right. she said and what she did. And like, that's the issue. Like, like that's, a, that's a great example. If you're not able to look within and see that what you said was wrong and that it hurt somebody. And instead you double down on what you said. Um, yeah. There's no room for forgiveness there. Cause you're not asking for it. You're not apologizing. You're not seeing that there's room for improvement. And yes, like, I I would not endorse somebody like yeah. that. I would not want to watch the Roseanne show again, you know, um, because because it's very obvious and blatant that you don't get it. 
yeah. and you're and you don't even want to try to get it you know um yeah i think that's a great example but yes on the other hand if it's you apologize and you do the work and you really do the work there's room to to forgive and to to yes to let somebody go but <laughs> Stassi getting pregnant or which obviously was not planned or by design yeah. uh, <laughs> i do think it was leaked by design um yes oh absolutely with her new me, pr team yes makes me wonder like well is her road to forgiveness going to be quicker like people are going to want to see her pregnancy journey is yeah and maybe you know if she was smart she could do it tie in her redemption uh with how she could plan to be a better mother uh and teaching her child so i don't know i'm curious like maybe her forgiveness is going to be a little bit shorter. Now. My my issue with with Stasi and this is more of the issue with our with our culture at large um in America is we mm-hmm. continue to like the issue with Stasi, I don't know if it's so much that cuz like I don't think that sh- in her mind she thinks that she's racist or she thinks that she's anti-feminist. Like I think that she is just a really ignorant white girl that grew up in New Orleans that, you know, Mm -hmm. didn't have much exposure outside of her bubble. And unfortunately, our culture in America continues to reward that. So my issue Mm -hmm. is I like at the end of the day, I would love to see her have a full circle moment where she comes around and she can, you know, um, be a better person because ultimately she made great TV. And, you know, I really think that there's there's an opportunity for redemption there. I think. Mm My fear is that with her, it's going to happen too quickly, especially because of the pregnancy that like, is she going to learn as much as I hope she would have from this experience? And maybe because she was one of the ones that fell from grace the hardest right now, that is possible. Um, And that's why she kind of had to fall the hardest is because she's going to come back the quickest. Um, But I just like with me, the the um, figure of the blonde white girl that gets to kind of bounce back real easily. Like, I just feel like she's probably going to get that opportunity. And I just hope she really does learn and grow from it. Because I think if she doesn't and she comes back as somebody that's still a little out of touch, um, I think that that could be the biggest career ender for her. Oh, yeah, I I totally agree. I think... I, I do think that her redemption story is going to be a, a, a little quicker than say Kristen's. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe what you're, you're saying is true. You know, the fall from grace is a little bit harder for her. So maybe it might resonate quicker from her. Um, I don't know who they have surrounded in their circles. I don't know if they have a lot of people of color as friends. It doesn't seem like it based off of their Instagrams and stuff like that. So, I don't even know who she's surrounded with. Um, but I do hope that she does does the work. Um, and same goes for Kristen and Max and Brett. And and the whole cast in general. Um, Vanderpump Bulls has had a very problematic, you know, history with their casting, whether it be not casting more people from the LGBT community. Um, you know, we had Billy Lee for a season and a half, and she was kind of ran off the show. Um, never having a black person or a minority really in, in general. Um, and that's an issue. You know, we live in Southern California. They are in West Hollywood. We have a lot of diversity around us everywhere. 
And, you know, you would think that the show would be more representative of, of the environment and yeah. it's, it's not, and that's an issue. Um, and that's something that Bravo needs to address. You know, they adding Garcelle on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills was is great and all. Um, but you also just don't want to be the token black girl, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's like, and we're what 10 else seasons in. They, and we're 10 seasons in that took far too long. You know, same thing with New York. There hasn't been a black housewife in, housewife in New York. There hasn't been a Hispanic housewife in New York. You know, and it's just like New York is like the freaking melting pot of the world. Yeah. So it's like, where where is the diversity? And if any cast needs a shakeup, it is New York. And they can benefit, I think, from women with different and colorful backgrounds. Um, and yeah, Bravo needs to just, they need to be better just in general. And they need to acknowledge that they weren't good in the first place. Yeah. To really, really make because get that they understand what's going on, you know? Yeah, because I think it's more of just like, oh, we're just going to pretend that none of that ever happened and we're just going to donate some money and fire some people and hope that this is enough to win you over. Yeah, and it's not. (laughs) Yeah, and I think, but I think that's where people like us, the viewers and the fans of these shows need to realize if it's not enough, then we need to take the dollar away from them and like just mm-hmm. find, go and watch E or go and watch, you know, whatever other, I mean, not to say that like MTV or VH1 or any, you know, better, <laughs> they have their own issues. I mean, MTV yeah. keeping people like Janelle and Amber from Teen Mom still employed after all of their drama is also mm-hmm. like the fact that Amber Portwood beat her baby daddy on television. It was filmed. It was aired. She had to go to yeah. court for it. And yet she continues to like, you know, make they continue to beg Be her back to come. for bad yeah. behavior. Yeah, no, it's it. But again, it's just that thing of that makes good television. That makes good reality TV. So it yes, it's where do you draw that line? Um, and if you do decide to continue to have these voices on your platform, it, they need to be called out yeah. when they are wrong. Um, and, and if there's no growth, say, then they really need to be ostracized. Like Amber mm-hmm. Portwood exactly. just okay. had another incident with her most recent um, baby's father and mm-hmm. like was arrested again. And she's going through the same thing again. And it's like at some point we need to realize when the remorse isn't actually there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I don't, I'm looking forward to see how Bravo, you know, moves forward with, with everything. Um, I'm curious. Um, I, I would hope. I just, I just don't think that there's going to be a lot more done or said, which is kind of disappointing. I really think them firing those four, they think that they, you know, did the righteous thing. And that's, you know, it's half a step in the right direction. Um, but there just needs to be a lot more work done. And I'm curious, you know, Southern Charm, Catherine Dennis had an incident recently when she, she sent like a monkey to a black, uh, activists in Charleston on Instagram and I'm I'm curious to see if they even play out her issues regarding their filming now are they even going to address it she lost um, I think her sponsorship or deal with um, that fashion uh, that clothing uh, store department out there so is that going to be addressed are we going to hear about that is she going to talk about it is she going to acknowledge what she did was wrong like and and do it in a way where it's not 
poor me, but it's, I messed up. Um, or are they just going to pretend like it didn't happen? Yeah. You know, same thing with Brandy when Real Housewives of Dallas comes back. Like she got a lot of heat on social media for that video where she was mocking the Asian woman in front of her children, like, which is just also just disgusting. Yeah. Um, are we going to see her talk about that and see her growth? And, you know, I think she checked into some type of mental institution or yeah. something for a couple of days. So I, I, if, if their plan is to actually show them doing the work, then fine. But we also need to know that what they did was wrong, you know? Um, yeah, I think they have a long way to go and we'll see if they, if they even make any more steps in the right direction with it. Yeah. And I think one other thing that I want to add back in relation to like Stasi is mm-hmm. I think, with us as viewers, we watched her kind of blossom into this new relationship and she's getting engaged. And I think it hit home for a lot of us because we were able to identify some of our own selves and personal relationship journey in her. Mm-hmm. And I think right now there are a lot of people because like, look, what Stassi and Kristen did was wrong. There's no defending it They're Like you can't stand by anything that they did. And the people that are really kind of, you know, a Stasi stand right now kind of just need to like take a step back and just like let yeah. it be. But at that same time, I see that there are so many people on social media, so many people in like our world that have shows that are talking about this stuff. And like Stasi's at she's burning at the stake right now. And I see so many people getting stones and casting them and continuing to throw them at her. And not to say that what she did was right and doesn't deserve to be canceled or need to like take a break right now or lose her endorsements. But at the same time, I see that those same people, like my question to everybody that's throwing stones at Stasi right now is it's like, what are you doing? Like, see yourself in this right now as well. The same way we saw and we were happy for her with Bo and the and the engagement because we saw, yeah. you know, something in growth in there. Like Look at that and be like, what am I doing? Have I said things like this? Am I having mm-hmm. conversations with my family members that allow this type of behavior? Do I see this type of behavior in my own circle and let it go unchecked? You know what I mean? Like really yeah. hold accountability for yourself as well. Because the reason she's up in front of us right now and being canceled is because she's being made an example of. And so we have to really take the lessons that are being sent to everybody right now and realize like why what she did was wrong. And I think they're, you know, yeah. like her mom starting a, a, a change.org petition to get her back on the show two days after getting fired. Like that right there is the definition of white privilege and like the stance. Wait, she did that? Yeah. Yeah. She, there's oh a whole Twitter God. account. Her brother Nikolai went on Instagram and did a whole video begging Nikolai redemption. I, yeah. I didn't know her mother did that. Her mother was going hard. Um, and oh the last God. time I checked, they had reached their initial goal of 10,000 signatures. And then they had reset a new goal of 15,000. And like my thing is, it's like right now is not the time to be going to bat for her. Like let her be away and let her go through this um, without you having to defend her. And at the same time, everybody casting stones at her, you need to also look at what you're doing in your own life yeah. to see if any of your behavior continues to encourage it's that within your own circle. Too. Yeah. yeah, those those who live in glass houses should not throw stones. And, and we all live people, in glass houses. I, and we all live in glass houses. I don't think a lot of people... See, the thing about white privilege and... It's, a lot of people don't realize that 
they have it. They don't realize that they are benefiting because of the color of their skin. And yes, Saucy's mom doing that petition, thinking that if enough people rally behind my daughter is privilege. And it's also, it's just, and it's naivety of like, and just also just like, the audacity yeah. <laughs> that you think that like your daughter deserves a second chance in so light quickly. of everything that's yeah. going on so quickly. And it's, it's, it's quite surprising actually. I'm, I'm a little bit shocked. I'm taken aback by that. I did not, I did not know that. And it's disappointing. Um, to where it's just like what she did was wrong. I was a fan of Saucy. I really enjoyed her journey on Vanderpump Rules from being the crazy insane girlfriend to the crazy, insane single girl, to now the calm, slightly crazy fiance. Um, so I've enjoyed her journey, but what she did was extremely wrong and of poor taste. And, you know, she probably, I don't think that she did it with racial motivations, but not understanding the racial like things that could have happened because yeah. of her actions is, is privilege. Yeah. And she needs, to be you know punished for it and she needs to really take a hard look in the mirror and go away for a little bit yeah just go away just don't say anything we don't need to like you know we don't need to hear from you for a little while yeah. and that's okay and i think but too like like i was saying earlier it's just like you know when you're a celebrity and during these quarantine times you just want everyone to see you again and that might be her you know cross the bear where she's just like i'm so used to being in the spotlight but now is just not the time for you to be in the spotlight um so it's 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 disappointing it's troubling it's very you know conflicting and two i think a lot of her fans are probably white women yeah and it's not up to white women to forgive her yeah. right now. It's up to the black community to forgive her. And, you know, her apology that she posted, I, I went through some of the comments and just seeing a lot of her fans who are like, it's okay, Stassi, we forgive you. We know who you are. Like, blah, blah, blah. It's not your place to forgive. Yeah. What she did did not affect you or would not affect you in the way in which it would affect someone in the black community. So you speaking out like that is only more problematic to the issue. Um, You know, be quiet and listen and understand and take the time to understand. Um, And so it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a very, very, I don't want to say it's a good time, but it's, it's, You know, the silver lining in all of this is that it does seem like people are taking the time and the and the and the opportunity to listen and understand and be better. More people need to take that lead, um, and hopefully, you know, we could all look back on this moment and say this was our moment where our growth began. Yeah, you know, so there's the hoping. Yeah. And, and I also want to clarify, too, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in analyzing the whole Stasi faith Kristen situation, because they came out and they're like, but it wasn't racially motivated. I didn't do it, you know, because she was black. And so, but for me, what I was able to understand, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, it wasn't necessarily the 
them needing to do it because she was black that makes it racist. It's the privilege that um, blinded them to realize the ramifications and how um, much danger they could have put faith in. Yeah. So, and you know, maybe I take back what I said. It was racial profiling. Um, okay. That photo of the woman um, that they assumed was faith in the Daily Mail is racial profiling. Um, and, you know, just because it's a black woman with, you know, eyelash extensions and a weave, you think it's faith. No. Well, I actually um, listened. That- I went in and read the interview because this is where this is where I kind of had a shift in in analyzing that situation because I think that it was still, like you said, it was still racial profiling, and I think that the 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 part of racism that, that people are also forgetting is the danger that they did put her in. Um, yeah. But in reading the transcripts from her interview, because all of it's been taken down now, but I found an old article where she talks about, and it wasn't just Stassi and Kristen, actually, Tom Sandoval was involved, Jax Taylor was involved. And so yeah. it was, um, and wasn't James Kennedy and, and Logan also yeah, somewhat Jade. involved? Yep. Yep. They were involved as well. Yeah. And they, so according to Stassi, she said that they, um, that the reason they decided to call the police on faith is because they found Kristen found this video of this woman and they noticed that there were certain neck tattoos and other sort of indicators that it was that she resembled faith. And they even went on her Instagram to try and match the, the tattoos on this woman's neck to faith's um, to photos that faith had. And then, I mean, they went into a whole kind of, um, reasoning as to how they ended up deciding that or not deciding but how they ended up coming to the conclusion that this woman was faith um but i do think that the initial seeing a black woman in a video that they thought was a thief and just automatically associating that with faith is like you said racial profiling but in their mind yeah but in their mind i don't think and i think this is for a lot of us that you don't think that you don't think that it is because I guess we're blinded to the fact that like, I don't know how to even say this. Like, well, I don't think that people realize that. Yeah. I think, you know, I just don't think that people are cognizant of, of it because they haven't been put in that situation. They haven't had or known someone directly that's been put in that situation. You know, it's, it's, um, and, and that's, you know, why these moments, are important because it brings that to life to understand when you racially profile someone, a black man, so many black men have been pulled over and black women have been pulled over or stopped by police because they look like a suspect. Yeah. Um, when they have no relation to the suspect whatsoever, it's just because they fit the description. Um, and it's BS. Yeah. You know, and so that's the first thing that was problematic with with what they did. The second thing, too, is, yes, is realizing what could have happened if the police did choose to take action and follow up on this lead. And, you know, it's kind of funny, like, or ironic, I guess, is the word earlier this season when Randall played that prank on Sandoval mm. um, with a cop showing up and Katie visibly upset over it because she's like this is our privilege that we could play like the police to us doesn't equate what you know the police to black people is like it's very tone deaf that we think this is funny 
And um, here we are, you know, several months later. And I don't know when I when I know when a lot of people watch that episode and saw Katie Katie get upset. They were like, "Oh my God, she's so stupid! Like, whatever, get over it. It's a joke." But now, in light of everything that's going on, I hope people realize like she had every right to be upset with yeah. that joke. Um, it's not a laughing matter to be arrested by the police if you're a black person and innocent and a situation as we've seen with George Floyd and as we've seen with countless other black men in this country could go south and ultimately end up in your death. Um, So I think, I think that, you know, it's, I don't think that Saucy and Kristen acted knowing that what they were doing was racist. Yeah. Um, because of their privilege in their life and just not being privy to yeah. to the consequences and to the societal impacts that black people have to go through. I think it was, I don't, I don't know. I don't like blind racism in yeah. a sense and, where and, it just wasn't. And that was my point in bringing it up was not to defend them, but to say that racism is so deeply embedded into the fabric of our culture that we're not Mm -hmm. even aware of it anymore. That like it's examples like this that can if we choose to really analyze that situation with them, which I think we should be doing, because if we watch their lives on Vanderpump Rules and we have an emotional connection to them getting engaged, then we also need to invest in their slip ups and, and you know, yeah. when they fall from grace as well. And like for me, that's when it kind of clicked for me, because like you're right, when that joke came up on the sh- on with Randall and the cops and I was like, why is Katie being so dramatic about this? Like, yes, I get what she's saying, but at the same time, it's still a joke. But it's like it's because. Mm-hmm. This these issues are so deeply embedded into the fabric of our country that you mm-hmm. we are just so blind to it. I think um, I was even having a conversation. Watch, Go ahead. Sorry. Do you watch Queer Eye for the Straight Guy? Yes. Okay. Do you remember the episode? I think it was within the first season. Karamo. Um, they were making over a cop. And um, the cop, how they introduced the cop is they pulled the guys over in the car. And Karamo yeah. was the driver. And he was nervous. And and when the cop comes up, he's playing the whole, like, you know, license registration, get out of the car, and stuff like that. And although it was a joke, for a black man and for a black person in this country, it is so stressful to be pulled over by a police officer because you don't know how the office, who the officer is, how they're going to react, if they're going to... Like, you don't know where this encounter could go. And as for the other four men in the car, they don't have that relationship with their community does not have that relationship with the police. So for them, it was a laugh. It was funny. It was, oh, so nice to meet you. But for Karamo in that instance, it was, oh my God, I'm, I'm nervous. Like, I'm scared. What is this cop going to do to me? And, and that was that thing with Vanderpump Rules where it's like, yes, it's a joke production it's whatever but had tom been black or had there been a black person there like i thought i would have been nervous yeah you know like and 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 that's where yes that tone deaf that not knowing that not being aware and like thinking outside of your own personal bubble becomes problematic yeah you know um Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off but like when we were talking i just remember that so vividly because i relate to that yeah. 
And I think for people like myself that don't have that same um, experience, it is harder. It's unfortunate that it's harder for us to see and it takes things that really shift the culture in a big way for it to wake us up. But now that we have the opportunity to actually hold ourselves more accountable and be more aware of this, like, you know, I mean, this, I know I'm going to continue to try and hold myself more accountable and be more open to, um, you know, just realizing other people's experiences and not just judging them based off of my own experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I think that's the biggest thing is people, we now need to look outside of our own personal bubbles and just see how everyday life affects, you know, our brothers and sisters. Absolutely. Um, and and be sensitive and empathetic towards it, you know, and to really make a change um, and fight to make a change. And, you know, it, I don't, there's that, you know, saying going on on Instagram, it's not enough to be, to, to not be racist. You have to be anti-racist. Yep. And I think that something that we individually have to hold ourselves accountable for, or, uh, you know, non-black people um, but also the networks that we love and desire and, and, you know, the institutions, like I thought NASCAR taking away the Confederate flag from their, um, from, from their, you know, event, that is a powerful step. And that is them being anti-racist, you know, um, you know, hopefully Bravo moving forward, calling out these incidents, um, they can be an ally and being, you know, anti-racist. It's, it's just, it's not enough to not be racist. You have to call out the things that are wrong, that are irresponsible and that are problematic. And within our society, when it comes to race relations and not just with black people, but with Hispanics, with Asians, with, you know, Jewish, the Jewish community, with the LGBT community, like we have to be, able to stand up and stand against vocally stand against people tearing down other people because of the color of their skin because of their religion and because of their sexual orientation you know and 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 we have to be better as a society and we have to hold the networks the sports teams the leagues like everyone accountable for it our our own company you know be that voice you know yeah No, I completely agree. Um, and I just want to thank you for coming back on the show. Yeah. You know, the topics were a little heavier this week. We still <laughs> had a good conversation. We did. And these discussions always have to be had. You know, people are going to disagree or they will agree. But as long as we are able to have healthy conversations that just further and elevate it, um, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great time to be able to have these conversations and hopefully, you know, we could boost up the morale in a sense. Yeah. And I think like, it's okay to be afraid of saying the wrong thing, as long as you're willing to be wrong and grow from that. Mm -hmm. And it's, Mm -hmm. and I think the most important thing we can all do while we're all kind of listening is also be willing to ask questions. If you don't understand something, if something doesn't make sense to you, if you are conflicted, I think it's important to ask questions because that opens up the dialogue. Yes. It's very important to ask questions and to just 
be open in general. You know, I think we all need to have a lot more open minds um, and open hearts. So. Yes. Well, Chelsea, where can people follow you and keep up with all of your, with your life? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at C underscore S Jones and, um, my website, ChelseaStarkJones.com, um, which, you know, showcases a lot of the work that I do as a producer. So, yeah. I love it. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me. You can follow me at Just Plain Zach. And Chelsea, once again, what's your handle for everyone to follow you? It is C underscore S Jones. C underscore S Jones. That's Chelsea Stark Jones. So go and give her a follow. Are you doing any other after shows or any other hosting? Or is that- um, Yeah, you know what? You could catch me on the Real Housewives of New York after buzz uh, after show. But I think... Housewives are on a hiatus for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So catch me when they're back. Catch me when they're back. Catch me outside. Yeah. She is, she is problematic. We need to cancel that bitch. She is so problematic. problematic. <laughs> um, thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. This was a very unfiltered conversation. And we don't just tackle, you know, the the Tinsley versus Dorinda. We like to get into, you know, the heavier topics as well. And hopefully we all learn and grow through this. So um, please give me your feedback. If I said something stupid, please call me on it. Um, don't unfollow me, though, because I love validation. All right, guys. I will t- <laughs> I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you Wednesday. Okay, bye.